continue along the, the line that we have been talking about. Uh, I think this is a third, third week or so. You know, talking about wisdom. It's the most important thing. And it, it really is. And um, whether we are aware of how important it is or not, and I want to challenge you, again, as I did the three weeks ago, read through the book of Proverbs. If you read a proverb a day, and especially, you know, you can get caught up and you read on the 20th, you read Proverbs 20. On the 21st, you read Proverbs 21, and you get through the whole book of Proverbs every month. And the very first verse in Proverbs chapter 1, it tells us that Proverbs was given to us to impart to us wisdom, to give wisdom to the simple and to, to make the wise much wiser. So as you read through the book of Proverbs, you're going to find such practical, common sense stuff that will really change our lives for the better. Uh, Charles uh, Steinmetz, he designed the generator for Henry Ford, you know, the automobile uh, guy, you know. And uh, these generators uh, powered Henry Ford's automobile plant. And one day, the, all the generators ground to a halt. And no one in, in Ford's, you know, team there, none of his engineers could get the generators uh, back up running again. So Ford contacted Steinmetz, who, who he came and he tinkered a while, and then he threw a switch and the entire operation jolted back to life. A short while later, a bill came from Steinmetz, and, and it arrived on uh, Ford's desk in the amount of $10,000. Now, you got to understand, $10,000 back then was a lot more than $10,000 is today. It's a lot today, but it was a whole lot more back in them days. So Ford was outraged and demanded an itemization of the charge. And Steinmetz, he replied, for tinkering, $10. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990. See, uh, he had some wisdom. This guy did. And wisdom is the application of knowledge. We can have all kinds of knowledge, but if we don't apply it, what good does it do us, right? You can know what the speed limit is, but if you don't apply it, you know, you can still get a ticket. Is that right? Absolutely. Well, in Proverbs 4, verse 7, this is where our title really comes from. It says, getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. And whatever else you do, get good judgment. I want to live like that. You know the song we just listened to about, I want to live like that, you know? Recklessly abandoned, you know, holding nothing back. But I want to live like that. I want to live like a wise man. And I think it's a noble thing for us to desire to live like a wise man, a, a wise woman. I want to live like that. Wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Mm. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 says, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. Joyful. And I think all of us desire joy deep down in our heart. And the Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. When you have some joy, you know, our, our strength rallies and it rises up. And it says, joyful is the person who finds wisdom. The one who gains understanding. I want to live like that. I want to be full of joy. I want to be joyful. I want to find wisdom. Verse 14, it says, For wisdom 
is more profitable than silver. I don't want to live like that person who just pursues silver all their life. I don't want to live like that. I want to pursue something that's higher, more valuable than that. And you know, uh, I don't think I have it in the lineup right yet, but in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, it says, He who wins souls is wise. It takes wisdom to lead men and women to Jesus Christ. It says, He who wins souls is, is, is wise. The most valuable thing we can do is to lead others to Jesus. And it takes wisdom on our part to be able to do that. Anyhow, let me go back to verse 14 here in Proverbs 3. It says, For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her, talking about wisdom, and her wages are better than gold. The wages that you'll get from having wisdom is far better than the wages you'll get from being a prospector and finding tons of gold. You know, it's okay to have gold, but it, it don't come near what wisdom will do for you. Verse 15 says, wisdom is more precious than rubies. I don't want to live like that. Just the pursuit of precious stones and gems and silver and gold. I don't want to live like that. Because that will always leave us empty and hollow and shallow on the inside. There's more to life than acquiring pretty little stones. And there's more to life than acquiring thousands of pictures of dead presidents on pieces of paper in a vault somewhere, you know. What good would that do us ultimately? But he says here in verse 15, wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Nothing you desire can compare to wisdom. Nothing you, and, and I tell you what, we can desire some pretty good stuff, can't we? But he says, nothing you desire can compare with her. Nothing ever could possibly benefit you and me more than having wisdom. The Bible tells us if we were to gain the whole world and lose our soul, what does it benefit us? Wisdom, having the wisdom of God, understanding his ways. It says right here in verse 16, she, talking about wisdom, offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. If you pursue wisdom, you get it all thrown in, you see. If you pursue just the material stuff, you may not even get that, and you can miss out on the best. But it says here, she, wisdom, offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. Verse 17 says, she, wisdom, will guide you down miserable paths. Is that what it says? No. It says that wisdom will guide you down delightful paths, pleasant paths, charming paths. She will guide you down delightful paths, lovely, wonderful paths, it says. Not a miserable path. Wisdom will guide us down delightful paths. Isn't this a delightful day? Boy, you see the sun out there? And isn't that amazing when you go, oh, it's so warm today, it's 28 degrees. And it's warm, <laughs> it's delightful, you know? And it really is. You look at it, oh, boy, this is a beautiful day that the good Lord has provided for us. And it says here, she, wisdom, will guide you down delightful paths, and all her, all my wisdom, and all her ways are 
satisfied. Oh, man. So many people in this world are not satisfied. No matter what they have, they end up feeling empty and hollow and shallow. But it says, she, wisdom, will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Her ways are, are pleasing or are fulfilling. Think about this. Fulfilling. All her ways are satisfying. The desires and the expectations that we have with wisdom, they're satisfied. They're, they're fulfilled. There's a reward. There, there's, there's enjoyment that comes. All her ways are satisfying. It nourishes us. I want to live like that. I want to live walking these delightful paths. I want to live satisfied. And I do know the wisdom of Almighty God, it brings those things about. So many people in this world are pursuing something that they think will satisfy them and around the next curve, over the next hill, but it continues to elude them. They come up empty on a regular basis. They come up empty. Anyhow, he goes on to say in verse 18, wisdom is a tree of life. A tree of life? Wisdom. It's like, it's like having the fountain of youth. Wisdom is the tree, is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Do you embrace? We, we demonstrated that a week or so ago. We had several couples embrace each other. But wisdom, it says here, is a tree of life to those who embrace her. And happy are those who hold her tight. I want to live like that. I want to embrace wisdom and I want to hold wisdom tightly and not let her get away from me. Because wisdom will lead you down delightful paths. Wisdom will satisfy you. Wisdom is more valuable than silver and gold or rubies or any of those things. Robert Fulham wrote in the Kansas City Times, he said, what I, most of what I really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be, I learned in kindergarten. Wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but wisdom was there in the sandbox at nursery school. So he says, and these are the things I learned in the sandbox. Number one, share everything. It's about generosity. Is that still good for adults to, to apply? Share everything. Number two, play fair. Is that still a noble thing? Talk about honesty here. Play fair. Number three, this is what he learned in the sandbox. He says, don't hit people. Is that still a good concept? Yes. They may be able to hit you back harder, you know, but wisdom, just don't hit people with our words or with our, our fist. That's not about love and kindness, you see. Number four, he said, Put things back where you found them. Is that good or what? How many of you have misplaced stuff and you can't find it no more? And it's easier to go out and buy a new one than to find the old one, you know? Put things back where you found them. He learned this in kindergarten and clean up your own mess. That's the one that bothers me a little bit. I like it when Susan cleans up my mess, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I got to learn to clean up my own. I'm just telling you how it is. Number six, he says, don't take things that aren't yours. Is 
that a good concept for children as well as adults? Not even a paper clip, you know, from the office. You know, don't take things that are not ours, you know? This is some wisdom here that this guy learned in kindergarten. And he said, in number seven, his list goes to nine, he says, say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. And let me demonstrate what it is not. Sorry. That ain't it. It's like, I am so sorry. Is that a difference in that? The heart, the attitude? I'm so sorry that I hurt you. Number eight, he says, when you go out into the world, watch for traffic. Is that still good? There's more traffic now than there was back then, you know. And number nine, he said, hold hands and stick together. Let's just reach out and grab a hold of somebody's hand for a second. Can we do that? Hold hands and stick together. Is that practical? It's like, this is good to know that we're together. We're in harmony. We're in unity. Okay, you can turn loose. All right. Well, this is what he said he learned. He really learned all that he really needed. And he went to the schools of higher learning, but he said, I learned it in, you know, kindergarten. And Jesus says in Matthew 18, 3, then he said, I assure you, this is Jesus, I assure you, unless you turn from your sins and become as little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. I want to live like that. I want to live like a child. You know, children can demonstrate faith so easily. They're, they're easy to believe in a God who loves them and cares about them. I want to live like a little child. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says, So be careful how you live, not as fools. Don't live in a foolish way. Be careful how you live, not as fools. I don't want to live like that. I want to live foolishly. Living like a fool, it costs you dearly. He says, so be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. I want to live like that. I want to live like wise men and women live. Are you familiar with the statement of the uh, initials WWJD? What does it stand for? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I want to live like that. I want to live like Jesus. He is my hero. He is my role model. I want to live like that. I want to live like he does. He personifies wisdom. He is the creator of all, you see. Wisdom himself. I want to live like that. I want to apply God's word to my life. And we think about it, there's a whole chapter designated in your Bible to teach us about how the Word of God is seed. And the Word is seed. And it's very important to know what happens to seeds when you put them in the right place. They germinate and they grow because there's life in the seed. And there's life in every word that God has given us. Um, I'll be right back.
springtime is coming. Okay. Let me see. Can I get through here? Uh, Woohoo! Just barely. Now you know uh, where we live. We've been there about what, 13 years now. And uh, when we moved where we live, we have two little driveways kind of come up like a, like a Y, but they're steep driveways. When we moved there at night, it was so beautiful. There was lights that lined our driveway on, on both sides. And uh, when we would have guests, usually at least once a month and sometimes more often, one of our guests would back over our lights, you know, totally destroy it, you know. So I repaired it. And I think I ended up buying like eight lights. And they were like, I don't know, somewhere around 55, 60 bucks a piece, you know. Oh, not a problem. But people are backing over our lights all the time. Now when you drive up to our house at night, it's dark, okay? <laughs> After using those eight lights that I was replacing them with, it's like, you know what? I'm fighting a losing battle here. I, I recognize it right off the bat. But as people would come, they'd back over on the lawn and, and things like that, and they were always spinning and, and tearing up the grass. And I was always saying, and I mean this from my heart, it's like, not a problem. You know, not a problem. I love playing grass. All you do is, you know, you, you put your grass seed in your, your spreader. Sometimes it's just a little place. And uh, you know how this works, you know. Just got a little spinner in there. And when you pull the little button there, it's planting grass. I'm going to plant grass up here. If I can get our custodians to water this tomorrow, okay? Okay. Okay. You know, you can also use this to put down rock salt. <laughs> but don't leave the salt in there when you're planting your grass, okay? Okay. Okay, got some out there. Now, when is this grass gonna grow? I'm sorry? Couple weeks? I don't think so. Because there ain't no seed in there. <laughs> the seed is here. And no matter how much work I do, if I don't apply the grass seed to the bare spots, it ain't going to grow. I can work on this thing and put miles on this little thing. You know, mm, make the little adjustment properly so it throws it out pull the little lever there but it's not ever going to accomplish anything good if I don't put some seed in there right now just so you know the staff was kind enough to pick me up this little bag of grass seed but I never buy a bag of grass seed like that my bag of grass seed is like this because I have a lot of people like to tear up my lawn you know and I don't mind I really don't mind I like going out there and you know, throwing grass seed on the bare spot there, you scratch it with the rake a little bit. Then you get the family to come out. And then, okay, everybody stomp on the grass seed because you want to make contact with the soil. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> and a lot of people have those little rollers that they do it. Or I'll take the quad, you know, drive over there. And then you, before you know it, five days I got grass coming up. And in, in a, a couple of weeks, you never knew there was a bare spot there. 
So we planted a lot of grass, you know. So you understand what seeds have the potential of doing. They, they grow when you put them in the right environment. Let me just read you this verse again. In Ephesians 5, 15, it says, So be careful how you live, not as fools. Now, would it be foolish for me to go out there every day and put about a mile or two on with my little grass seeder? It would be kind of foolish, wouldn't it, if I didn't put any seed in the hopper there in the, that big open container. So, so be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are, who are wise. As those who are wise. You know, the Bible even tells us faith without works is dead. You've got to believe, but you've got you to apply God's word. It is like seed and you've got to apply God's word if you want it to grow and produce faith and change things in our lives. And, and we've got to apply the, the seed, not just go through all the works. A lot of people just go, but you've got to apply the seed, and then there's, there's life in every seed. God has deposited life in every seed, and it will grow. And in every verse of the Bible, he has deposited life. And when we take it in, it don't just give us information. I mean, he brings about revelation and transformation. God's word, so a wise man is going to apply these life-filled seeds to his life and to those all around about it, and it transforms things. Uh, listen, as we go on in verse 16, it says, Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. The King James Bible says, redeeming the time taking advantage of every opportunity, redeeming the time that you have. I want to live like that. I want to take advantage of every opportunity that God brings my way. I want to use my time wisely. Now, I was reading about uh, Britain's uh, King George V, and uh, he was supposed to speak at this uh, disarmament conference. And uh, it was to be sent to the United States and, and all around. And as it approached the time for the king to address his people about disarmament and all this, in, in New York City, these cables broke. And, and there were a million people who did not have sound. you got to understand, this was radio, okay? And if you don't have sound on the radio, what good is the radio? Don't do a whole lot of good. There was a mechanic. Now, I don't understand how much voltage and all that there was, but this mechanic who was there, he grabbed the two wires, the two cables, and he pushed them together. And he allowed the electricity that flowed through his body. It, it was pretty amazing. I'd like to find the details of how much voltage it actually was, but he allowed the voltage to flow through his body so the king's message could be heard to this other million people who had lost the ability to hear it on the radio. And I was thinking, you know, oh man, would to God that we would become a living link, that we would become a living link, that people in this world could hear from the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, as we allow our bodies to be as a living sacrifice, that we become a living link, that God could speak, the King could speak to people through us and he really will and he can and he does if we'll allow him to we'll make ourselves available to him
Remember, make the most of every opportunity. Just a tiny little minute, only 60 seconds in it, forced upon me, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it. I must suffer if I lose it. Talking about losing time. Give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. See, it don't take much time to plan a kind word, does it? You can actually be about your business, and you can, even while you're still moving, you can say a kind word. And nowadays, with our phones, we can text a kind word or, or email or make a call to plant a seed, to plant a seed that has life in it, to encourage someone. Listen to what it says here. You know, it says, we just read it, Ephesians 5, 16, make the most of every opportunity. Hmm. Make the most of every opportunity. I was reading about a pastor, and uh, the pastor was uh, popping into a, a barber shop he'd never been in before, and there was a, uh, a young, very nice young Muslim a woman who led him to his chair and was cutting his hair and while he sat there, he introduced himself as a pastor so-and-so and, and acknowledged that he believed in Jesus Christ and so forth and so on. And, you know, the reason he was stopping in today to get his hair cut was because he had a funeral later on in the day. And, and, off, and the young lady said, oh, she says, uh, they offered me to uh, cut people's hair, you know, who were to be buried and all. She said, they offered me $150 a person who cut their hair and fix it up. Oh, I just couldn't do it. I just, I couldn't do it. And the pastor said, why, why not? She said, I was afraid they would sit up, you know, while she was cutting their hair. I mean, so she was, and the pastor said, well, I know of a situation where that actually happened. And she said, oh, you're kidding. He said, no, I'm telling you the truth. His name was Jesus. And he rose from the dead. And he forgives our sins and he loves us and he cares about us. Anyhow, the time was passing and uh, she was just very engaged in this conversation. He paid her, gave her a tip and all. And then and she said, will, will you come back here to get your hair cut again? And he said, yes, I will. She said, I want to hear more about him. You know what? Just a tiny little minute. Take advantage. Did you know something? If you don't have an opportunity to speak a kind word, did you know you can create one? You can create an opportunity. You genuinely can if you want to. But listen to what it says once again, and we'll move on. It says, make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Now, are the days that we live in evil? Sure they are. If you look for it, you can see it really easily. But he says, make, you know, an uh, take advantage, make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Hmm. Like Johnny Appleseed. You remember him? Johnny Appleseed went through the country, you know, and you can read about him. He was a real guy, you know. And there's some uh, legend that goes along with that, but he was a real guy. But imagine a fellow who's going throughout the countryside and he's planting apple seeds. Apple seeds that he'll never eat off of. Planting apples. 
for generations and generations and generations to come. Because every little seed has some life in it. Every verse in the Bible has life in it. And if we encourage each other with the scriptures, it helps us. From generation to generation, it, it helps us and it transforms us. And it benefits. The seeds that we can give out benefits the generations who will come after us. Now, see, in a church service like this, we got a lot of generous and kind people who plant seeds. And uh, some of those people, it would be nice if they were kind enough to bring their pastor something to eat and drink every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I can't expect that all the time and things like that. But we have a lot of generous. Oh, wow. Woo Coffee. And some allergic to wheat. Gluten-free. Rice Krispies? Let me see. Snap, crackle, and pop, you know, I think. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, let me just, you know, the Bible says eat what's set before you. Did you know that? I'm going to have to make sure they said something bigger the next time. No. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty good stuff. It's going to take me a while to get back to talking, though, because it's sticking to my teeth. Hmm. Hmm. I was going to go for the water, but hmm. Hmm. Thank you. You are dismissed. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Think about the good you could do today. That took less than a minute for our sister to do, God bless you, an act of kindness. Took less than a minute. And, you know, it was probably kind of awkward coming up here in front of everybody, you know, and all that. But it blessed me. And it don't take much time for us to plant a seed that has life in it. Now, I want to go and do something for somebody else. That's wisdom, you see. Genuinely is. But think about the good that you can do for somebody today. While it's still called today. Don't, don't wait till tomorrow, but what can you do? A little act of kindness. Plant a little seed that has life in it for somebody. Listen to what it says here in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 13. It says, if you are wise, and that's what we're talking about, the most important thing is wisdom. If you are wise and understand God's ways, live a life of steady goodness. Steady, not just I'll do it once a year or occasionally. It says, live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds, and let me add, good seeds, that only good deeds and good seeds will pour forth from you. If you're wise and understand God's ways, live a life of steady goodness. It's an ongoing thing so that only good deeds will pour forth from you. That's a wise man. That's a wise woman who is allowing good deeds and good seeds to flow from your life. And it, all it takes is a, a word. And you know something? Did you know you can do a good deed for somebody without even opening your mouth? Look at your neighbor and give them a smile. What are you laughing about? Come on now. 
Back over here. Does it help? Absolutely. I feel better already. That's a good deed. And you planted a seed inside them just by that little old smile. Well, let me pick back over here, pick back up over here in Ephesians chapter 5. Let me uh, look at verse 17. And it says, don't act thoughtlessly. And that's talking about don't be unwise. Don't be foolish. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. You know, study his, his will. Are, are wills important? If you have a loved one who in their will, they said, I want to make sure that you have something that was mine that belongs to you now. And we call that their last will and testament. And this is God's will and testament. The old and the new, testament. And he has given it there for us. He has left us something of great value. And it brings about wisdom inside of us. Changes our life for the better. Listen to what it says in James chapter 1, verse 5. And we read this, I think it was last week. But he says, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, we just get through reading it in verse 17 of Ephesians 5. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. And then James says, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, what's the next two words? Ask him. And he most often speaks to us through his last will and testament. He speaks to us. But, but he is alive. He, he rose from the dead, and he'll confirm what he says. Anyhow, take time to laugh. It's the music of the soul. Take time to think. It is a source of power. Take time to play. It is a source of perpetual youth. Take time to read. It is the fountain of wisdom. Take time to pray. It is the greatest power on earth. Take time to love and be loved. It is a God-given privilege. Take time to be friendly. It is the road to happiness. Take time to give. It is too short a day to be selfish. Take time to work. It is the price of success. I think there's some wisdom found in that. You know, simple, practical kinds of things. Kinds of things that you learn maybe in kindergarten. But let's apply these things to our lives. And then in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Lord, give us the wisdom to understand your seasons in our life. But he says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Verse 2, there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. See, planting and harvesting at the proper time is wisdom. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, we're going to come right back to Ecclesiastes, but Proverbs 10, verse 5, it says, He who gathers in the summer is a wise son, harvesting at the proper time. He who sleeps and harvests is a son who causes shame. See, there are seasons take place in our lives. It's God designed. And it says here in verse 2 again in Ecclesiastes, let me find my place here. Ecclesiastes 3, it says, <coughs> there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. 
a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to rebuild, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time, uh, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away. There's a time to search and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak up. And the Lord give us the wisdom to know the difference. Verse 8 says a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9 says, what do people really get for all their hard work? I have thought about this in connection with the various kinds of work God has given people to do. God has made everything beautiful for his own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Hmm. Divinely planted purpose that God has put on the inside of us. And there's nothing in this world if we exclude God, we'll satisfy nothing. He satisfies alone. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 8, it says, To acquire wisdom is to love oneself. Is it okay to love yourself? Well, what's the second great commandment? First one is to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Second is to love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love your neighbor? He says, to acquire wisdom is to love oneself. Hmm. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you're hungry, you're going to get something to eat. If you're cold, you're going to get a, a jacket or something on. And if I'm loving my neighbor, if they're hungry, I'm going to get them something to eat. If they're cold, I'm going to get them a, a jacket or something to put on. So that, that's, that's what a wise man, a, a wise woman will do. Proverbs 19, verse 20 says, Get all the advice and instruction you can. And be wise the rest of your life. Hmm. And then comes through the passage I really want you to, to hear. It says, we referred to it earlier, Proverbs eleven thirty. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. When we invest our time to win souls, to plant seeds of life in other people, we're wise. Let me read to you out of the Amplified Bible. Kind of explains it a little bit. It says, The fruit of the uncompromisingly righteous is a tree of life. And he who is wise captures human lives for God as a fisher of men. He gathers and receives them for eternity, for salvation. What did Jesus tell his disciples when they had caught up massive amounts of fish out there after they followed his instructions? He said, Follow me, and I'll teach you to be a fisher of men. That's what he told him. And here in the Old Testament, before that ever happened, it says, he who is wise captures human lives for God as a fisher of men. And he gathers and receives them for eternity. That we bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't be that. He who is wise, he wins souls. Captures human lives for God as a fisher of men. And he gathers and receives them for eternity. 
The scripture exhorts us to be like Jesus, you know? Jesus didn't follow the crowd, did he? He led it. Jesus did not report on the news. <laughs> he made it. And I think if we choose, I want to live like that. If I want to live like Jesus, you know, we'll lead, and especially lead others to Jesus by our words and our examples. And we'll make the news. The greatest news in the whole wide world is, is good news, is it not? Don't you like some good news? If I, I'm going to give you some good news today, or would you rather hear the bad news? Man, I, and, and people criticize me for this. I love a movie that has a happy ending because this book has a happy ending. And I am a sucker for a happy ending. Some people go, oh, no. I want a happy ending. You know, I want to hear the good news. Don't you? God is all about the good news. Well, listen to what it says here in John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm reading this out of the Message Bible. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. We know him as Jesus. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. Now, we know in the King James Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish. The Message Bible uses the word destroyed. He gave his own, his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. Because the Bible tells us we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God, a gift, is eternal life to those who receive it. And then he goes on to say, so that no one need be destroyed. And he says, by believing in him, Jesus, anyone can have a whole and lasting life, everlasting life. Just by believing in Jesus, receiving the gift that we can't buy, we can't earn, all we can do is receive it. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Verse 17 says, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger. That's not why Jesus came. Telling the world how bad it was, that's not why he came. He came to help and to put the world, talking about the people in the world, to put the world right again, to bring salvation to us, to bring freedom, to bring deliverance. And then he says in verse 18, anyone who trusts, which means believes, anyone who trusts in him is acquitted, declared innocent, pardoned, forgiven, Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. Did you hear that? If they haven't believed in Jesus, they've been under the death sentence without knowing it. If that is true, and I believe it is, those people who don't know it, we should tell them that God ain't mad at you. He loves you. And he pardons you. And he forgives you. And he's prepared a place for you that's out of this world. He said that he has prepared a place for us. He has created this fantastic, beautiful place. It tells us in the book of John. And there were pilgrims that were passing through looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. That's what he tells us. 
We're passing through. And some people don't know about it. We should tell them. They don't know. The good news, oh, we should tell them about that. We, we really should. Now, I was reading about this woman, and she had this dog named Patches. And she had heard somewhere by a friend of hers that if you give your puppy a spoonful of castor oil every day, he'll be a lot healthier. Now, my mom and dad didn't think that castor oil was fit for human consumption, but this lady thinks it's good for her dog. So she takes a spoonful of castor oil and she wrestles this dog day after day after day. And they have a tussle. It's the hardest thing for her to put this castor oil in this dog's mouth. And he fights tooth and nail every day, but she loves her puppy, so she's giving it castor oil every day. And one day they're in there in the kitchen and they had a little tile floor there. And she was wrestling her dog and scrambling and fighting and nipping and clawing and everything. And she spilled the castor oil on the floor. So she ran off and got a towel, paper towels, to come and wipe it all up. And lo and behold, Patches is there licking it up. <laughs> he actually likes the stuff. She learned a valuable lesson. Don't shove it down his throat. And if you want to share the gospel, the good news with somebody, they might like it if you don't shove it down their throat. Does that make sense? There's, there's wisdom in that concept. Uh, what do you save? Do you have any collectible things that you go for? You know, like little symbols or buttons or pocket knives? Uh -huh. You have some collectibles? And you're right. I'm guilty. But you know what? The Bible tells us that Jesus came to seek and to save men and women, boys and girls. He comes to seek souls, to pardon them. And that's what he spends all of his time and energy He's into collectibles, but it's humans because he loves us so much. And I can tell you my whole, you know, assortment of pocket knives and flashlights one day won't mean nothing to me. But the people that we invest our time planting a little seed that has life in it, in them, and they come to know Jesus, that's what's important. That's what's important. Getting men and women, boys and girls to heaven a place that Jesus said he has prepared it for us. And there's only one condition. It's got to believe and receive it. You believe him and you receive it. It's a gift. Can't be bought, can't be earned, can't be stolen. But Jesus is into collecting souls. And a wise man and a wise woman, I want to live like that. I want to live like Jesus did. I want to be investing my time, my energy, my resources in bringing people into God's collection. Let's bow our heads if we could. Father, we come before you in the name of your son, Jesus, the name that is above every other name, the name that causes demons to flee in terror, 
the name that brings salvation. The name that gets our name written in the book of life. We come to you in the name of your son. Father, we ask that you grant us wisdom. Grant us wisdom, Father. You said in your word that he who wins souls is wise. Help us to use our time and our energy and our resources to plant seeds in other people's lives. That they will come to know you in a real, in an honest, honestly true way. Father, empower us today. Show us what good deed we can do today. Show us what good seed we can plant in someone's life today. And help us to do it on a daily basis so other men and women can know your love, can know your forgiveness and your goodness to us all. As our heads are bowed, I would ask you, if you would, to reaffirm your faith with me in Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today and you've never welcomed Jesus into your life. You've, you've believed in him, but you've never really received him. Would you join us as we pray? Reaffirming your faith or declaring for the very first time your faith in Jesus. Would you pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And I believe he died for me. He paid for my sin. I believe it. I believe that Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I give you the rest of my life. I want to honor you. And I want to live like Jesus. I want to live like that. I want to be a wise person. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you are dismissed, uh, don't forget, if you prayed and you welcomed Christ into your life just now, stop at the Connections desk on your way out. Got a little gift bag. It's got a Bible and some little goodies in there. Um, also, if you're a guest with us, stop back there and let them know you're a guest. We've got a nice little gift to give you just as a, a little thank you for coming and joining us. And on your weekly challenge, it just simply says, as I think about the love and the life of Jesus, I want to live like that in 2018. What a noble goal to live like Jesus. WWJD. Well, what would Jesus do? And then do it. And then, if you would, on your way out, would you greet one another? And if you have a, a prayer need, there'll be folks around the altar who would love to pray with you. And Mike Kane, stand up, Mike. This is Mike Kane over here. And uh, if you're in a life group, you know, Mike oversees all the life groups. If you want to be in a life group, see Mike. Life groups, and I'm in a life group myself, you know, where I meet with, you know, about eight, eight, ten people on a weekly basis. We discuss what it is that we're studying in the week service. We discuss it. We share, you know. And to be honest with you, my life group, we do life together, you know. Some of, some of my family, they become closer than flesh and blood. So if you're interested in being involved in a life group, see Mike, and Mike will get a hold of you, right, and let you know what all is available. Maybe you want to host a life group in your home, you know, or maybe you want to lead a life group. Just see Mike about that. And I think that's about it. God bless you. You are dismissed.